Today's episode of Vicious Talk with Benny P is a conversation with my cousin, Michael Vermilio. He's majoring in plant science at Cal Poly Pomona University, so we had some great insight on his experiences through his studies so far. We also had a great in-depth discussion about Major League Baseball as well. We recorded our baseball talk on Saturday, May 19th, so just a few of our references uh, we make about divisional standings and some player statistics have maybe changed a little bit, but it's definitely still um, a fun baseball conversation and a worthwhile listen. So now let's just get into episode 31 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Vicious Talk with Benny P. Today's guest is an undergrad student at the uh, Cal Poly Pomona University. He's getting his bachelor's in plant science over there. He's also my cousin, Mikey Vermilia. He's a good friend of mine, I guess you could say. Mike, how's it going? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, it's good to have you. Uh, kind of being part of my little reboot here um, for Vicious Talk. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're, uh, going to have a good conversation here. We have a lot to cover, I guess. We could always talk about baseball, which is what we're going to talk about primarily, I think a little bit, but, um, the main theme of Vicious Talk is kind of, um, to give a little bit of insight and career, uh, advice for any kind of college students or young individuals out there just kind of getting their feet wet or trying to scope out what they want to do in their, in their careers, um, after college. And um, you have a, a good story. I mean, it's, your 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 path of what you're trying to get into is a little bit. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a little bit um, unusual, I guess. Yeah. It's it's not it's not a lot. Not a lot of people are trying to get into what you what you're getting, getting into. But I mean, the knowledge that you pick you're picking up is definitely helpful for someone that is possibly considering that at least. You know. Yeah, for sure. I actually did a speech uh, just yesterday, actually. Uh, um, I did a speech on the turf club that I'm in, and uh, I kind of like brought up how it's unusual. Like some of you are probably thinking, like, who, like, who would want to learn about grass, like just turf, you know? So yeah. it's it's unusual, but I kind of like first when I first wanted to uh, uh, learn about turf was when I was just at a baseball game. I was an undeclared student my first year and I was at Dodger Stadium with my mom just watching baseball and I saw the grounds crew team walk out there and I was like you know what like and I even told my mom like this looks awesome like just watching those guys work on the turf yeah on the, on the dirt everything um it's just something that it kind of just like it hit me and I was like man maybe I want to do this so yeah yeah that's, that's cool though yeah. yeah, we you and I we come from a, a team that definitely. Oh yeah, we come from a family that is just baseball. huge baseball fans. Yeah. Like every time we meet, it's baseball is on the TV. We talk about baseball, we play baseball. Yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. So it runs in our blood for sure. Um, we, I had Grandpa on the podcast um for the first episode, and uh, he he had some really good stories about his baseball playing days for yeah, sure. Yeah, so that's kind sure. of where it all came from, I guess. Um. But I mean, you and I are kind of. I think when he looks back at his grandkids, you you and I were kind of. I think his favorites in terms of how he identified with baseball talent. I think he really. You and I were had a lot of talent. I guess growing up playing in little leagues and those travel baseballs and stuff like that. And um, I think that he he had high hopes for both of us playing 
high yeah. school, college, and beyond, and then kind of both for both it of us, it kind of turned out a little bit disappointed <laughs> in the end, I guess you could say. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I was. It was kind of unfortunate how I didn't make the baseball team in high school. I was. I. I honestly cried. Like it was. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, being in the this family, it's just baseball 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 and so not making the team was like letting my grandpa down because i knew that he always wanted to see my games all yeah. the time when i played uh like little league he always went to my games travel ball he went to my games and not making the baseball team was kind of like just a letdown yeah so but honestly everything worked out like i played water polo and swim and met like great friends so yeah it all worked out for sure yeah i i i feel the same way in terms of i mean that's if if I could change anything in my life so far, it would probably be my, my baseball playing. Yeah, but but it's it's difficult to go back and be like, ah, I wish it was different because I I I like where I'm at now. Yeah, you know, but it's so. never too late. We can always <laughs> we go to grad always, school. And... We can always make it. We can like play for a Sunday <laughs> league and then get noticed and be like, wow, look at Benny P go. That'd be funny. Yeah, <laughs> we could just have a Perez. Um, team? adult team yeah, yeah that'd, be sick. <laughs> that'd be awesome yeah my dad come comes back at <laughs> yeah. 60 years old and, he's... <laughs> and then grandpa comes back he's like pitching or grandpa, would, grandpa wouldn't be able to see the ball <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i remember the last time i played catch with him actually because he he couldn't really see anymore and he was like i was like i was afraid to throw the ball hard to him because i was like i don't think he's gonna catch it yeah i think the last memory i have with like playing baseball with grandpa was uh we were in Montebello. I forgot what field it was, but it was it's the one that we usually play softball like during Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, uh, at uh, the Montebello City Park. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I forgot how old I was, but man, uh, it was you, me, and uh, Grandpa, and it was we were just taking batting practice, and you just you smoked one, right? I think it was like down, yeah, second base, and I was playing on the lip, mm-hmm. which you told me not to play because. If it just hits the lip, it bounces up, and that's exactly what happened. You hit the lip, <laughs> smacked me right in the face. Really? Yeah. I don't know if you do you remember that. I think so. Yeah, it was. That's. It, the... <laughs> I think I got a, got a black eye from that. But, I mean, Dang. Because I remember you saying like, "Hey, don't be like, don't play behind the lip, because it could like bounce back up." And I was like, "Oh yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah." And I didn't listen. And just hit me right in the face. Oh uh, man, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, that was like the last time I I had um, like play baseball with grandpa yeah yeah those were always good times yeah um but yeah let's uh let's kind of tie this into what we uh like i said the theme of a vicious talk is to kind of give that insight for young individuals um so you're getting into plant science is what your degree's in yeah um you're very interested in working grounds crew for sports specifically baseball yeah um you you have a job uh kind of coming up arranged for uh, this summer, mm-hmm. out in Pittsburgh, yep. you're working on a golf course, right? Yeah, it's... So can you, can, yeah, go yeah, ahead, yeah. So, give us um, a little details. So I applied, like, in like December or January. Usually I get emails from uh, my department about uh, different job opportunities, internships, and so this one popped up, a uh, private uh, golf course in uh, Pittsburgh, and I was like, you know what, why not? I'll just apply and see what happens. And so I applied, and the guy immediately replied me right away. That's always good. Yeah, and he was he sent a very, very long email, and it, he seemed very excited to, like, um, I guess, have me aboard. So, because I sent him my resume, and he seemed kind of, uh, 
just excited for me to like email him. And then I guess, I don't know if he was an Eagle Scout or part of Boy Scouts, but he seemed very um, appreciative of me being an Eagle Scout. And so um, that's always a huge plus. Yeah. Um, that's always kind of, if, if you're in the, if you're in that group and you, you're, you, this person you're you're trying to interview yeah. for is always going to appreciate yeah, it yeah, exactly if you, if you and know so about it. yeah yeah and so uh we we've exchanged more emails and then he he just told me like the job's yours like if you want it that's awesome yeah and so then i said yeah like why not it's a good opportunity uh, i've never worked with turf before i've never worked on a golf course where did you say you found the the, the posting the job posting for it uh the the department okay. so our it was our, through your school yeah so okay. we have a uh, our, like a lady or the chair of our department send us emails cool. um, about different internship opportunities and stuff. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be in Pittsburgh and I'll be working for, uh, kind of like he called it a turf team. So I'm assuming there's going to be more interns with me. Yeah. And so that there's going to be different, uh, probably two or three groups of like teams that we're going to work together on different practices on the golf course. So like from mowing to airification to, uh, like sweeping the bunkers, raking them. Yeah. Uh, irrigation, pretty much everything yeah. to do with the golf you, course. You 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 told me this that kind of you, so you're working in a golf course this summer. I'm sure I'm assuming it's a big course. Um, yeah. And golf is kind of like a really big aspect Huge. of definitely of plant science and turf management. Huge. Um, just because of I mean the nature of the sport, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's I'll, all it's all turf and just yeah, one little ball. Exactly. Yeah. And we just had the masters last month. Um, I, uh, I was listening to a lot of the coverage for that and it's always really fun to listen to people's perceptions of the course mm-hmm. just because of how majestic I hear it is. I've never been, it's kind of on my bucket list. Yeah, I yeah. would love to, I hear it's a really, really fun fan experience. They, they take your phone when yeah, you go into the course. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you're there for like nine hours maybe and you, you don't have a phone. You mm-hmm. have no way to contact the outside world and you really only know, what's going on around you like you, if you're trying to follow tiger woods for the day you could follow tiger woods but you're not going to know who's leading the masters really yeah, you know right. until you like maybe cross a scoreboard for the top guys but i mean if, if you're trying to figure out how somebody on the bottom's doing you're gonna have a hard time unless you find them yeah yeah for yeah. sure yeah um but i mean for 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 golf courses it's it's uh the the asp like the, the importance of turf management and and terms of it's it's important exactly really, really important it has to do with like ball roll yeah um and also the the turf the turf team that usually for the masters or any any professional golf course sometimes um i'm not really huge on golf so they have different days right like they yeah go, they do, they'll start on a thursday and then they'll play the first two days thursday friday and uh there'll be a cut after friday yeah if, for the top like 100 or whatever guys that okay. are left um and the saturday and sunday will be the last last group of guys that are competing for the first first spot on the yeah tournament. so i've heard that uh that the that break i guess or maybe when the golf uh, golfers are done for that day uh some of the the the, the turf crew will go out and they'll probably change the aspect of the grass. Yeah. Maybe add more water. Um, maybe add uh, more soil. Sometimes like the greens are sometimes the greens are actually like soft or hard to start, and then they'll be the opposite yeah, later so in the tournament. If, yeah. if the golfers are golfing good, they'll probably like 
change up. You'll probably up. make the, the greens more hard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it rolls faster and it's more difficult. Yeah. So, it's kind of interesting how they do that. It's like... Right. Trying to trick up the, yeah. the golfers, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's whole, it plays into the whole strategy. That's oh, yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, I mean, your focus is going to be eventually, hopefully, on baseball. Baseball, yeah. yeah. So this is just to get my foot in the door. Definitely like, going to be a good thought. experience yeah, for sure. Exactly. And, and you're still in college and I, I can never express how important getting any sort of relevant career experience in college is. is. I mean, if you know kind of generally or, or, I mean, however much you know about what you want to do while you're in college after it, mm-hmm. it it's, if you could focus your, your experiences, your job experiences while you're in, in studying for whatever you're trying to get into, um, towards that career, then it's always super helpful. Yeah. Um, like I, I, I really enjoy, obviously I'm trying to get into sports and I enjoy sports writing. I enjoy sports communications. I, I'm concerned I'm getting into sales, um, for sports and I kind of wish I worked in some of those aspects while I was in school. I mean, I worked for my athletic department, um, kind of, um, in their, their, uh, um, event management stuff. So I would just kind of hope, help host the, uh, the different events on, on campus for the sports we had, but um, I, like I could have written for the school newspaper or I could have, I don't know, got involved with like some sort of sales aspect of the school or something. But, yeah, yeah. um, those kinds of experiences, are, I mean, are always super valuable. Yeah, for sure. And I like all the articles you write too. Yeah. Those are, those are really interesting. <laughs> yeah. I've been covering, um, I, t- I talked about this on the last episode. Um, I just recorded with, uh, my friend Mike Mastriani, his name is, and we, he's been doing sports writing as well for a blog. He's been writing about the Yankees. But I've been covering the the Angels, the Diamondbacks, and the Clippers, so it's always been fun. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. But yeah, we uh, like I said, we we we've already mentioned we really love sports. We love baseball. <laughs> we um, love baseball. <laughs> so I mean, it's a little nerdy sometimes, I yeah. guess. Um, there are a lot of baseball podcasts out there, but um, I think we have some good takes. Um, we've been talking. Um, we when we when we've gotten together in recent months, we've been talking a lot about baseball because it's it's been a good season already so far oh yeah and um it started back in late march and we've got some storylines that we have opinions on and we'd like to uh kind of talk a little bit about it right yeah (laughs) yeah let's take a quick break to remind you guys of our presenting sponsor action for education this nonprofit organization founded by my good friend and former guest on this podcast mike mastriani works to create affordable accessible and sustainable opportunities for education and healthcare in western honduras Their mission, centered around capacity building, they want to bring resources from the United States to enable Honduran communities to succeed in their own way. To that end, they work with partners in Honduras to ensure that their program best matches the needs for the community. By drawing on expertise from those around Honduras and in the United States, they strive to make their model as effective as possible. For more information or to donate or to learn more about their upcoming summer medical mission trip, visit www.action4education.org. Now let's get back to my conversation with my cousin Mikey Vermilia. Thanks for listening to Vicious Talk with Benny P. Welcome back to Vicious Talk with Benny P. Today's guest is my cousin, my uh, my cousin Mikey, Michael Vermilia. We're uh, we're big baseball family, so Mikey and I are gonna chat a little bit of baseball here. Um, uh, Mikey and I, like I said, we come from a big baseball family. Our grandpa plays um, some professional baseball. My dad played a little bit of professional baseball and. Um, we played it both growing up, um, constantly growing up. And uh, we both play fantasy baseball a lot, so we follow in that sense. Um, we follow the statistics and stuff like that, and uh, we 
constantly are watching baseball and following the storylines and stuff. So, <clears throat> so we're just gonna talk. A little, we're gonna shoot the shit a little bit. Talk a little <laughs> bit about some, some different things that's been going on. Um, baseball always has um, evolving stories and new new things coming out during the regular season. Um, and there's just been a couple storylines that um, I think that are pretty interesting. That um, I have some opinions on. I'm sure def- I'd definitely like to bounce them off of you and hear what you have to say about different things and such. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. Um, I think from this last week, um, there are kind of two storylines that are probably the biggest coming out of the MLB and um, the uh, just kind of the sports world in general. The first off, with with the MLB, um, we're we're in a new era, basically following um, the steroid era, basically, and so a lot of people are really strict on their opinions about performance enhancing drugs and we had possibly the biggest player ever test positive this last week for a PED. It wasn't a PED actually. Um it was a, a masking, masking agent. Um but Robinson Cano of the Seattle Mariners um possibly a first ballot hall of famer before this. Um for sure. tested positive for um what was called di- diuretic furosemide. Um and in a statement he um after the MLB issued um, the suspension to him. Cano said, Recently I learned I tested positive for a substance called furosemide. Um, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. But, um, which is, he said, which he continued, um, which is not a performance dancing substance. Um, for more than 15 years, playing professional baseball um, has been the greatest honor and privilege of my life. I would never do anything to cheat the rules of the game that I love. And after undergoing dozens of drug tests over more than a decade, I have never tested positive for a performance-enhancing substance for the simple reason that I've never taken one. Um, do you believe him? I mean, I remember like reading an article, and I mean, I don't have the article in front of me, so I'm not 100% sure what it said, but I remember him, he said like he didn't know that he took that substance, and I think that's just kind of like bizarre, because when I take medicine, like I kind of, I mean, not really, but I mean, he's got medical uh, medical guys with him all the time. Uh, hopefully they're telling him what's what's in the drug. Right. You know, uh, they should know the the policy uh, with uh, PEDs, and it's it's kind of like it's bizarre how he says that because I mean he should know like what's illegal and what's yeah. not. So. so I mean we've seen a number of players now kind of go through this. Um, we saw even his teammates. We the Mariners have three guys that have been suspended, big big time names oh, yeah, that have sure. been suspended for PEDs, with Nelson Cruz and D Gordon as well. And oftentimes excuses, I didn't I didn't realize what I was taking or uh, I carelessly took it and didn't yeah. know what it was. And I I have a hard time I, I I have a hard time believing at least every everyone doesn't know what what they're putting in their body. I yeah. mean, they're professional athletes and they're monitoring constantly the proteins they're taking, the food that they're taking, their workouts, their workouts yeah. all that's recorded for them. Like yeah. they're, they're, they have trainers and stuff that are constantly monitoring those things and team doctors that are constantly monitoring what kind of medicines they're taking and what kind of stuff like that. And he apparently took this, um, this substance for furosemide, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, yeah. but um, it sounds ridiculous when I'm saying it. But um, apparently he took it in the Dominican Republic, um, and it wasn't he wasn't in the 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 uh, the USA um, when he took it. And his, I I read his statement on he posted on Instagram and on a couple of social media sites, and um, 
it just kind of seemed like he was trying to use an excuse that the substance is used a lot in different various health reasons. Um, and from what I can understand, I kind of did some general reading of what, what he took. And apparently it's just used basically mostly for like heart disease and cholesterol, cholesterol and just kind of general things like that, of that sense. Um, and from, I mean, from we could tell, I mean, you can never tell, tell exactly what's going inside a person's body, but Robinson Cano looks like a, a pretty healthy yeah. individual. Yeah. You know, he's, he's pretty big, well put together. He's fast. He, he hasn't had too many injuries in his career. Um, and it's tough for us to judge it, but I mean, why would he be taking this, yeah. you know? And it's a masking agent. So it's necess- it's not necessarily, it's like performing him like his body, but it's like, it's. It's uh, hiding what he could be taking. Exactly. So he he could have been taking something other than this that isn't coming up because of this substance. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, you want to believe the man. He, he like I said, he's he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, probably kind of a, it was on his of, way to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's definitely like upsetting, like kind of like shocking <clears throat> to hear, I guess, because I mean, this guy's been associated with the Yankees, yeah. um, and then. I'm not sure his whole career, but I mean he's he's uh he's definitely first round ballot Hall of Fame. So. Yeah, and I mean this, and then a couple of days after um, the suspension, his former teammate with the Yankees, Mark Teixeira, um, just kind of I mean didn't want to get into too much detail in the statement that he made about it, but he threw him under the bus a little bit, saying that there are a lot of people that aren't surprised by this, that he thinks that it. He might he might have even been taking things with maybe New York. He didn't he he insinuated that just yeah. from the the way he worded things, but um, he didn't explicitly state that. But um, I mean, Robinson Cano is a big guy. He's he's built like a freaking tank. And I mean, he won two two home run derbies. Right? Yeah, something oh, like yeah. that. I mean, yeah, and I think just the one the one I think he won the one in um, Arizona with his dad. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. his dad was the was the BP big pitcher. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh. I mean, if if you were to list people that just be, just based off the way they look, that you think maybe they're, they're taking something that is giving them a little bit extra, Cano yeah. um, would probably be on that list. Yeah. Barry Bonds, uh, for example. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you can't just judge it by the eye test like that, but it's just something that contributes to the things that you're expecting from um, things and why you wouldn't be quite su- surprised by something of this nature coming from Cano's camp. Um, and so now that Cano's out for 80 games, he was actually going to the DL anyways. He broke his hand a day or two before the suspension um, on a hit-by-pitch. Um, the Mariners are in trouble, too. Um, the Mariners, we, we were just talking about this briefly. The Mariners were just a couple games back um, from the Angels in the wildcard standings, in the AL wildcard standings um, before this. And... Um, the AL wildcard picture right now is looking as much of a lock as ever in terms of we're in we, we were in early May and you could lock in four teams into the wildcard I mean into the uh, the playoffs already yeah um, and it was just basically that second wildcard spot that was going to be a little bit up for grabs um, and the Mariners were going to be in contention for that definitely um, and the Mariners are actually ahead of the Angels right now in the stand just because the Angels have been struggling a little bit lately but um, over the long run, I mean, are we going to see the? We're probably going to see the Mariners struggle a little bit with this, no? It's, uh, I mean, if if they stay hot, because I know uh, 
the uh, uh, Mitch Hanniger, like oh, the guy that just came out of nowhere, is really hot right now. Um, and then Segura is really hot too. Um, so I mean, their lineup looks pretty good without Robinson Cano. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Uh, would you move D Gordon to second? What do you mean? He's playing center field, right? So oh, would you move him to second base? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's his primary. Spot. Well, they were saying initially when he broke his hand that they weren't going to. That's the only reason why people have talked about it. So um, they're gonna bring up. Obviously, they're gonna bring someone up, and they're gonna. They they they've called up Gordon Beckham, um, I think. Oh okay. But he's not a starter. He's at this point in his career, Gordon Beckham's a a, a nice utility guy. He's not. He's not a starting second baseman. Um, yeah, I would I would put D Gordon at second. They're definitely more deep in the outfield as an organization than they are um, on the infield. Yeah. So I mean, the call initially was probably not to move D Gordon to second base just because Cano wasn't expected to be out for this extended of an absence um, before the suspension. But now that he's going to be out for half the season, um, and you're already forty games in plus. Um, it's probably the smartest move to to move D Gordon, who who is a Gold Glover at second base, um, to 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 that to that original position that he had. Yeah. Well, actually, he came up as a shortstop with the Dodgers, mm-hmm. and then he moved to second base there. Um, shortly after, after what Seager was was going to take that spot from him. So, I don't know. It's it's, it's looking at be, the. It's gonna be close. Yeah. I, I I mean. Would you? And then on the side though, would you would you um would you think that Cano's still gonna be? A Hall of Famer. After we haven't seen a single guy in the Hall of Fame, uh, anybody who suffered a suspension for PD related mm-hmm. for violating the drug prevention policies for the MLB, none of them have made it into the Hall yet, and, and that's partially because a lot of those guys that have been suspended um, haven't reached the, the ballot yet. Basically, yeah. just because we're, we're still getting through that that steroid era and uh, the the suspensions and and the drug policies and stuff like that have been. A lot more strict um beginning just a couple few years ago or so yeah um and so we're gonna see guys like a rod um manny ramirez is is on the ballot already um guys like that who's who got some suspensions um those guys are probably not gonna get it in get in i honestly i don't like a rod (laughs) (laughs) a rod i mean a rod definitely took something some different things i don't know which years he did he definitely took something in texas when he was there yeah um and for those reasons, he's he's most likely not going to get in. Mm-hmm. Same with Manny Ramirez. Both those guys had Hall of Fame careers. If you don't include the PED um, speculations and and positive testings, yeah. Um, but just just the way that the B the Baseball Writers of America or the Association of America um, vote, they they typically don't look very positively on especially suspensions and let let alone speculation such as. Bonds and Clemens are actually they're they're kind of climbing up the uh, they're approaching getting voted in just because they never tested positive explicitly for a substance just heavy speculation and, yeah. and probability mm-hmm. um, and so we may see guys like that get voted in eventually but we still have yet to see um, guys with with a positive test on their on their record get voted into the Hall of Fame and so mm-hmm. Cano might be the first yeah I mean it was just a masking agent I don't know like with the other hall of famers or like yeah manny i remember manny tested positive for um a f- like it was like a a female steroid okay yeah it was something about like boosting his estrogen which yeah. is is still a pd yeah you still it's still it's still a uh a substance that improves his ability to recover 
um, and it, it quick more quickly like, and, like and, and yeah exactly so um, I know I, I don't remember a rod's positive test um, he was suspended for that whole season back in 2015 or so something like that and um, a rod's not gonna get voted in no way especially yeah. just because how, how arrogant he is and the, typically the baseball writers consider and it's it's kind of a shame that they do but they consider someone's kind of personality yeah. in terms of whether or not they want to vote him in because mm-hmm. it's just a little bit bias. Um, like Kurt Schilling probably has a close enough resume to get voted into the Hall of Fame, but he's kind of an asshole. <laughs> he, so he's not going to get voted in, I don't think. And his his personality is costing him votes, Yeah, definitely. I don't yeah. want to say it's, it's what's keeping him out of the Hall of Fame, but it's definitely costing him a vote or two at least. Yeah, for sure. And like Arod becoming a broadcaster on... He's on Fox. Oh, no, no, no. He was on Fox last year. You're right. I think he's on Baseball Baseball Tonight Tonight now. Yeah. And so that's probably, like, boosting his, uh, like, charisma and personality. And people are, I guess, like, probably, like, liking the guy more. But I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be tough for guys like that to to get voted in. Cano might be the first. He might he might end up being the first one to get voted in with yeah. that kind of mark on his record, mm-hmm. um, assuming that he finishes career delicately and and gracefully, and he 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 doesn't he comes back after the suspension stronger than ever and and kind of does his thing as Robinson Cano. Yeah. Um, because the Mariners now they have they're on the they're on the hook for him for after this season. I think he has four four at least four more years still on the, his contract. It might be five. I'm not sure, and he's still owed like 125 million at least. Jeez. So, I don't know. There, it's it's a little bit of a daunting contract now with with Cano. Um, they do save 11 million dollars, I think, not having to pay him for that suspension now. Mm. So it's a possible they actually go out and acquire somebody this season to um, compensate for that loss. But it remains to be seen. Um, and then all things equal in the AL, I mean, like I was mentioning, I, I touched on it. These teams, I mean, it's it's a lock for some of these teams. Like they're you could pencil them into October baseball at this this early in the season. Um and you could have penciled them in two weeks ago into the into the posting some of these. Like the Yankees and the Red Sox are gonna be there. They're they're both incredible teams. Like powerhouses gonna be gonna be two of the best teams in baseball for at least the next five years or so. Yeah. Um the, t- the 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 team that doesn't win the AL East between the Yankees and the Red Sox will probably win the first wild card spot. Yeah. Um, they're both tied for first place currently, um, in the AL East standings. Um, and then in the AL Central, the Indians are actually off to a pretty slow start. They're twenty one and twenty two, but they're still in first place. So they're they're sub five hundred, and they're in first place just because the AL Central is so bad. The worst team in baseball, the Chicago White Sox, are eleven and thirty. <laughs> They're on pace to win like I think over. They're on the pace to lose like over a hundred, maybe close to hundred twenty games or something. Like they're they're terrible, and the Tigers are in second place at twenty and twenty four. They're a game and a half, and the Twins um, are a game and a half back as well. And in the AL West, it's, it's the AL West is a good division. It is. Um, there's three teams over five hundred, um, and one of them surprisingly is the A's. A's. Mm-hmm. And. The A's, I mean, if they stick around, like the A's have a good lineup actually, and um, their pitching is a little bit shaky. But I mean, they've had, I mean, they already had Shamanai throw a no hitter. Yeah. Um, they have, they have some pieces. The A's, they're an interesting team. 
So, I mean, between the Mariners, Angels, and A's, they're all bunched for second, third, and fourth um, in the AOS currently. Um, the Astros are, you, they're the they're reigning champs. You pencil them in. Just they're, send them to the World Series. Yeah, exactly. They're, I went to an Astros game against the Angels last weekend, and the, Astros, the Angels had the game, and the Astros just like, they're just too good, man. They're just, uh, as soon as uh, the starting pitcher for the Angels, Berea, um, was throwing. He's a rookie. He's actually been put, he's been really good for the Angels just so far this season. But as soon as he came out, the relief pitching for the Angels couldn't couldn't hold the lead. Yeah. And um, the Astros are an incredible ball club. They could hit, but most of all, they could pitch. Yeah. They have five aces basically in the starting staff. Yeah. It is incredible. Um, and Justin Verlander may be the best pitcher in baseball once again. Mm-hmm. Um, he had that title probably with the Detroit Tigers for maybe at least like five years or so. And then it was kind of Clayton Kershaw. Um, and it was kind of both Verlander, Kershaw competing. And then it kind of developed into a Scherzer, Kershaw, Kluber, Sale, kind of um, t- top tier of starting pitchers. And now Verlander has catapulted He's, himself yeah. probably back to the top of that list. Yeah, definitely. Him and Garrett Cole, like both of them just Incredible. skyrocketed up. Yeah. Um, and so for that second wild card spot, because um, those four teams are in, um, but for the second wild card spot, it's probably going to be the Mariners, Angels, A's, and maybe you might be able to throw the Twins in there if they kind of turn their early season struggles a little bit around. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of all those teams, I mean, the most talented has got to be the Angels. Yeah. And it's it's really theirs to lose at this point, especially with Cano going down um, and being suspended for so long. Um, the Angels really have to capitalize on this window of opportunity that they have because mike trout is going to be a free agent i think after the 2021 season um pujos is not going to get any better um and their uh their starting pitching is healthy finally most for the most part um and their starting pitching has been pretty good yeah surprisingly um even though they've suffered a couple injuries they've really kind of overcame a couple things and um Really, just their big weaknesses for the Angels is the bullpen. Yeah. I think because most of their starters were hurt, right? Like, back in for, like 2016, 2015? Dating back to, like, 2015, they yeah. haven't had a starting a healthy starting staff. Yeah. Um, Garrett Richards is constantly getting hurt for the seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Andrew Heaney had Tommy John surgery. I think Tyler Skaggs had Tommy John surgery. Um, and there's already been two injuries, pretty, pretty big ones, to their starting staff. They had... Uh, J.C. Ramirez go down with a torn uh, UCL. He's going to have Tommy John surgery. Um, and he he was more of a fifth starter, sixth starter for them because they have the six-man rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, but he threw, he, mean, he threw hard, and he was a good pitcher. Um, I always thought that they should have moved him to the bullpen and had to do a long relief role, mm-hmm. um, and that maybe could have helped his arm. But yeah. um, he's going to be out for the season now. And their closer, Keenan Middleton, who is having a pretty good start to the season, went down with a UCL tear. He's having Tommy John surgery now after they made that statement yesterday that he was going to. Um, and so, I don't know. They, on paper, though, the Angels still have the most talented roster. And they actually have a decent farm system for the first time in a while. So, we may see a number of teams look to trade this season for, for some pieces because there are some really good teams and there are some really bad teams. Yeah. Um, and relief pitching for the Angels, especially, that's being that their biggest weakness, um, I would not be surprised to see the Angels making a lot of phone calls mm-hmm. for relief pitchers. Um, they need a closer. 
they have they have four guys that are below average for closing ball games. Yeah. They have like Jim Johnson, Cam Bedrosian, um, Blake Parker, and uh, I'm forgetting one guy. Oh, Justin Anderson. He's kind of he's a rookie. He's kind of young, but he's got good stuff. Um, but I mean, they don't they don't have a closer, yeah. and you can't you you can't win October baseball without a, a good bullpen. Mm-hmm. So for sure, we're it's gonna be fun to to watch those teams kind of battle it out. Um, I'm an Angels fan, so clearly I uh, I would like to see them kind of bat, uh, pull through and make a push for for something competitive this season. But um, just because of how exciting some of their players are, I mean. Yeah. They have three of three of the most exciting players in in the MLB right now, and and obviously it's safe to assume Mike Trout and Shohei Otani are the headlines. Okay. Um, but Angelton Simmons too at shortstop is incredible too. He he might be their MVP so far this season. He's been really really good. Um, and he because uh, he came into the league as a as an obvious shortstop wizard defensively. Um, that guy was incredible defensively, and last year he kind of. Picked it up, picked up the bat, and started to hit the ball well. And this year, he's really continued that, and um, he's been he's been stellar this season. I think he's leading um, their team in batting average so far. I think he's about around three forty or so. Um, and he moved up. To, he moved up to the second spot, I think, last night in the batting order. So um, they're going to need guys like that to cap to uh, continue their success. I mean, to succeed this season. Um, I mean, Cole Calhoun, the right fielder, is kind of struggling a lot too. So, um, I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch that AL second wild card position play out. But like I said, I mean, it's going to be boring to, to yeah. see. I mean, there's not going to be a lot of competition between those top four teams in the AL. They're all really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. It's been, it's kind of interesting how early you could pencil those teams in into the season. Yeah. Because I mean, sure. when was the last? I can't remember the last time you could you could, you could do that. Yeah. I, right. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But we, we could transition over to the National League. Um, there are some definitely some storylines to follow coming out of the National League. Um, most of all, I mean, the best team, basically, um, the best team in baseball has been the Atlanta Braves, the baby Braves. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, everybody knew they had a lot of young talent. Um, the big the big prospect, Ronald Acuna, was, was the main headline in spring training. I think he led the league in home runs in the, in the Grapefruit League. Um, and he has an incredible power speed combination of talent in his, in his arsenal. But um, Ozzy Albies as well, the second baseman, has been raking for them. Um, and then they already have Freddie Freeman and a number of other assets um, that are really performing well for them. They're hitting the crap out of the ball. Yeah. Um, and but what what's also not being mentioned really is their starting pitching. Their starting pitching has been really good. They um they have five starters that. Are, Nobody, I mean, I, the casual baseball fan hasn't heard on a number of their starters. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, and they've been pitching well, too. Um, Julio Tejeron's their ace, really. Um, and then Sean Newcomb is kind of, he was a big prospect. He was actually in that Simmons trade with the Angels. The Angels drafted him in the first round, maybe in 2014 or so, 15. Um, and they traded him to the Braves for Simmons. Um, and so it actually ended up working out decently for both teams, but... I mean Simmons, I would, I would, I would yeah, rather have probably. Simmons. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean Newcomb's pretty good. They have that guy. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I, I it was like Mike. First, first, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's> something. <laughs> um, yeah, that guy has a long, complicated, 
difficult to pronounce uh, last name, but he's been playing well. Um, and then I don't know the Bra- the Braves. I mean, everybody was expecting the Nationals to run away with the National League, and I mean the Braves have been good. The Phillies are there. The Nationals are still good, and then the Mets are good too, though. Um, and the Mets are struggling right now currently, but I mean, those four teams in the NL East are are solid teams. Yeah, I think it's anyone's right anyone's, uh, uh, division win on that one. Yeah, and then in the NL Central, there are a number of good teams too. I mean, you have the Brewers leading the division right now by half a game over the Pirates. So both those teams, everybody kind of was thinking the Brewers might be um, a little bit of a wild card um, in terms of like a dark horse of being a competitive team just because of the trades they kind of made this and the signings they made this offseason with they brought in Christian Yelich from the Miami Marlins um, and they signed Lorenzo Cain. Um, and they, ha- they already had a decent lineup in place. And so their team's exciting for sure. Um, and then the Pirates, though, I mean... They traded Excellent. away. They traded away their franchise guy in McCutcheon. They traded away their franchise pitcher and Garrett Cole, mm-hmm. and they're they're still winning games. Yeah, no, it's totally <laughs> unexpected. People had them like probably at the bottom of the yeah. power rankings, and they're in second in their division right now, which yeah. is pretty shocking. Yeah, and they're over teams like the Cardinals and the Cubs, who are very good, and they still have good records. And it's very possible the Brewers and the Pirates fall off just over the course of the long season, but probably. I mean. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's not gonna be easy for the Cardinals and the Cubs is to uh, edge them out. And possibly the worst division in baseball, um, the <laughs> NL West. The uh, the D-backs are currently winning that division, but D-backs are really struggling. They're two two and eight in their last ten games. Um, AJ Pollock, who was making a case for the NL MVP early early in the season, um, broke his hand, broke his uh, thumb on a dive in center field, diving for um, a fly ball. When and, was that? Um, that was last week. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he just kind of, his glove slid to the ground and he kind of just bent his thumb back. And, oh, I and, did not hear about that. Yeah, so he broke his thumb. Um, Jake Lamb came back for them yesterday, but he was out for a while. And Paul Goldschmidt's been struggling. Yeah. Um, right. And, I mean, Goldschmidt's still a good player. So even though he's not been hitting the ball, um, great, great on paper. He still draws walks. He still is a presence in the lineup and he's still, um, he's still a good player. He plays great defense too. He's an outstanding first baseman, but... Um, the D-backs are really going to have a hard time getting through some of these injuries um, just because they're not quite as deep as some teams that are um, in the same kind of caliber that they were playing at um, before these injuries. Like um, their ace, Robbie Ray, went down. Um, I don't think he's going to be out for too long, uh, but whenever you have a guy like that talent go down, it's never it's never good for team your team's success and stuff. So, uh, But Patrick Corbin's been pretty good for them. Um, he's been in, a, in competition for the NL Cy Young probably early on. Um, but they also had Taiwan Walker go out with Tommy John surgery early in the season. He was probably their fourth or fifth starter. Um, and so, I mean, losing starting pitching, the D-backs didn't really have a lot um, of depth in that area. So, I don't know. The D-backs are going to have a hard time, even if they win the division. It is it, At this point, it really is theirs to lose. Um, even if they do win, though, they're going to have a hard time competing with some of these other great teams in the National League. Um, so in other teams in the NL West though, I mean, the Dodgers were expected to really run away with this division in early season projections. And man, they people are, are jumping off that bandwagon pretty fast nowadays. That's, that's LA fans for you, dude. (laughs) I know you're a Dodgers fan. Um, are you disappointed? I mean, yeah, like I'm pretty sure every LA fan's disappointed, but could you have, could you have seen this coming? 
if I were to tell you that they were going to be 18 and 26 um, in the middle of middle of the late May, what what would you have said went wrong before the season if you had to guess? Injuries? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Injuries. Um, I don't know. It's they've been through this before. I think in 2013, uh, where they went kind of like the same season as this one, 18 and 26 probably, and after that they went like 63 and 20 like six or seven um so i mean i don't want to say it's still early but <laughs> anything can happen there's seven games back so yeah. i mean obviously it, it it's it's so early that they could get hot and really fight their way back into the top of the standings but yeah we got to see some life from them sometime mm-hmm. soon yeah um for sure. justin turner came back this last week and so he's gonna be a staple in that third hole that three hole for them definitely um and he's a good hitter he's 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 their only for sure, good hitter at this point, in my opinion. Um, last year, we saw Cody Bellinger really blossom um, in his rookie season. He, I mean, he, what, he hit 30, 38 home runs? Something like that. Um, and he's really struggled this season. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't want to say I could have seen it coming, but I could have seen some regression coming his way. Um, just because the way he swings. Yeah. He's got a very... He's got a lot of movement in his in his swing. And it takes a... It, uh, the more that pitchers adjust to him and such, they're going to be finding some weaknesses of his. And mm-hmm. he's really striking out a lot. Um, and he's having a hard time um, kind of just keeping his swing level. He's not hitting many line drives. He's not. I don't think he has a very hard hit percentage. Um, I can actually look that up really quick. Um, you ever heard of BaseballSavant.com? I have not. No. There's a, it's basically just all of the... Um, that gives you all the stats. And all the stat cast, basically, yeah. for players. It's run by, like, the head of research in the, for the MLB, Darren something. And um, I, forget, I forget his last name. But um, it really gives good stats on um, the advanced statistics and stuff. And so let me look at Cody Bellinger real quick. I think his swing is just awkward. I don't know. Like Real just, mechanical, no? I mean, he just... He stands straight up, and then when the pitch comes in, I feel like he. I mean, I don't. I'm not like the baseball guru, or I don't. I'm not really like huge on uh, uh, batting mechanics, but I mean, I feel like he, he just his whole body drops, and then he kind of like his shoulder, uh, his his like back I mean, shoulder. Clearly, he is a product of new strategy of launch angle, yeah, and and lifting the ball, for looking for home runs. Yeah, if you, yeah. yeah, if you look at his swing, like. It's, Clearly, that's what he's trying to do. Yeah, it's kind of like a Vladdy, but not like Vladdy was. I mean, Vladdy still roped line drives. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying he's like he's like Vladdy, but he. Uh, I think that he kind of needs to get a better base with his feet. Um, we saw we've seen a number of Dodgers have some pretty awkward stances coming through the minors, and I, I mean, it's possible though they they had some success with it in in the minor leagues, but I mean, we've seen guys like Jock Peterson. Um, have really an awkward stance and then not really succeed much when he came to MLB. Um, and we've seen actually this year they called up their guy Alex Verdugo, who is one of their top prospects. He hits like Jock Peterson used yeah. to hit like. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're teaching that in their minor leagues, but it's it's a little bit different. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a good strategy or not. I don't know. I can't really judge them. I mean, they're they're a professional team, so they know yeah. what they're doing. You like to think, but I mean, so I'm looking at Bellinger's advanced statistics. He last year he had a twelve point two percent barrel um, barrel percentage basically so in twelve point two of his batted balls um, last year he was hitting the barrel of his bat yeah. 
This year, it's 9.3. That's a big difference. Yeah. Three, about 3% difference between how many times he's just hitting the ball hard. And he's um, his hard hit percentage is drastically down. So last year, he hit the ball hard. Just hard hit percentage is basically just how hard you hit the ball um, and how often. Um, I think it's like a, a minimal exit velocity um, barometer that you that they do that for. But he last year he hit the ball hard forty six percent of the time. This year it's thirty seven point three. And I really like this stat. This is like this is the one that if you talk to any sabermetrician, this is the number one statistic that they they base evaluations on. It's weighted OBA or WOBA, which is basically just like on base average, which is basically on base percentage but it also in- includes slugging percentage, percentage as well so if like if you hit a lot of doubles or a lot of triples a lot of home runs your woba is better than um your obp if you're hitting like a lot of singles or you're walking and stuff so um his woba last year was 381 this year it's 340 and his x woba which is basically it's it's an adjusted statistic that um, takes out the variability of like shifts and airs and the way the defense basically just plays you. Um, it takes out all those variables and basically just measures if you're hitting the ball hard and where you're hitting it and like what you're doing with, with your hits and stuff. Like are you hitting doubles, home runs, triples, stuff like that. So his XWOBA, which is a extremely um, viable statistic, last year was 361, which is really high. It's really good. This year it's three twenty eight. So it's he's he's everything's down this year, um, and his launch angle is higher. So last year his launch angle was sixteen point six. This year it's eighteen point three. So clearly he's trying to uppercut baseballs and he's really he's pressing to hit fences. home runs. I mean he is. <laughs> he's trying to hit more home runs and he's yeah. struggling. He is he he's got to go back to the basics and that's kind of just something that I mean when 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 you played and you went through a slump. I mean, didn't your didn't your dad or, or your coaches kind of tell you just go back to the basics, hit yeah. the ball hard, choke up if you need to, and just put the bat on the ball, you know? Just try to hit ground balls, hit line drives. Don't try to hit, do too much. And yeah. it seems like he's really pressing, and it, and it has to be combined with just the team struggles. He probably has a lot of weight on his shoulders being the guy after Corey Seager goes down. Um, their their lineup's really been struggling. And, and I mean, their best hitter has been basically the guy that, they wanted to trade before the preseason. He was supposed to be just a contract dump in Matt Kemp. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, you had also the catcher. Yasmani Grandal played pretty well this year. But um, Kemp has been their mo- one of their most consistent bats, and he wasn't even supposed to really play much at all mm-hmm. for their yeah. team this year. He wasn't in their plans. Um, and so the Dodgers, are, I, I don't want to say you can never you can never call a team out. Um, you, can never, you can never cross them out this early in the season, especially in 162-game baseball season. But... The Dodgers are, are the the worry the panic meter is pretty high on them right now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Clayton Kershaw, um, I think he had a, a setback during his rehab for bicep tendonitis. I don't think he's coming back quite as soon as I expected initially. Um, so I don't know the NL West. You have you have two teams over five hundred. The D-backs twenty five and nineteen, and the Rockies are twenty five and twenty. So those two teams are are going to be decent. Um, just because they they have they have some talent on their on the roster, but um, the Dodgers are really gonna have to fight for it at this point. It's gonna be a dogfight for them to get back and do it. For sure, yeah. All right, yeah. I I um 
I don't know. I'm, I'm anticipating a pretty good MLB season. I think that there are a lot. Of, it's interesting to see how the standings are starting to adjust because there are some really, really, really bad teams. Like really bad teams. Like the Padres, the Reds, the Marlins, the Rangers, the White Sox, the Royals. The the the, the Tigers are actually playing better than they they should be, but they're still bad. The Twins are actually not very good either. Um, the Orioles. The Blue Jays and the Rays are not that great. Those All those teams, are they're not going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You could already pencil them out pretty much. And I just said that you can't really cross teams off this early. But, but we just there's did. no reason. There's yeah. no reason to think that they're going to turn things around. They have no talent on their rosters. And there are teams that are at the top and there's teams at the bottom. There's not many teams in the middle. There's maybe three or four teams you could probably name that are going to be kind of in the middle um, around 500. And... It's going to be interesting how the trade deadline plays out because you might see some big trades. You might see guys like Manny Machado, um, big-name relief pitchers. Um, you might see some big prospects being moved from the top teams. It's going to be a dogfight for some of these teams at the top, and it's going to be a dogfight to the bottom for some of these teams trying to tank because they want a higher draft pick. They want prospects for their for best players. You might see a guy like maybe Joey Votto get traded, franchise talents. I mean... What if the Mets start to tank and they want to trade uh, you want a Cespedes and um, I don't know it's it's you're, it's interesting to see how that it's starting to play out. I mean you see that in a lot of different professional sports leagues with teams starting to tank. Like in the NBA, year, you the the strategy is either typically you want to be good or you want to be bad. You don't want to be in the middle. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know it's 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 I don't know how good good it is for the competitive balance and and excitement around the game. Um, but it seems like teams are either going to go all in or they're going to go all out. Yeah. I mean, once once June and July comes around, we'll start to... It's going to heat up yeah. with some of the teams. Trade rumors are going to be flying, yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely. There's going to be some big names, yeah. I think. I think we're going to see some exciting trades this year. Yeah, especially with Manny Machado. Right? He's, he's already been swirling around some rumors. They say the Cubs, the Cubs. really want him. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's going to be It's going to be interesting to see who kind of adds pieces here and there to, to reshape the the top of the uh, the MLB standings but I don't know it's it's uh it's I think it's going to be uh, it's going to make for a fun October at the very least just oh, yeah. because there're going to be some powerhouses competing for the World Series competing for um the pennants and stuff like that so I mean um Definitely. it'll be fun to watch for sure mm-hmm. um so other than what's been going on in, in the MLB um, kind of just the other major news coming out of the sports world recently last week was the Supreme Court's decision to legalize, well, not legalize, but declare that sports gambling is now a state decision. Uh, I know you're not too um, read up on this this topic as much as um, I've been hearing, but um, I've been listening to some podcasts and some reading some articles on it, and it's just... Uh, I'm 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 a fan of it. I think that it's going to be good for the sports and it's going to be good for um the fans. fans and stuff like that because people already gamble on sports a lot. Mm-hmm. Like fantasy sports is a form of it. Daily fantasy sports is a form of it. Um there's even the, online there there are ways you could gamble on games and stuff like that and, and and stuff like that. Um but the only downside is I mean, it made me think I saw that story about I was telling you how Ron Artest met a world peace was he he said he was offered $35,000 to throw a game in college. 
and he can't be the only one that's that's been offered this kind of money to to try to alter the outcome of, of a sports sports game and so with now the um, the widespread and, and the the increased rate of sports gambling we may see more players more people trying who are gambling on these games offer players and um, coaches and such um, referees maybe even um, umpires and such maybe the, they'll be offered money to alter the outcome of sports games and that can only be bad yeah um and it's gonna be a push and pull there's gonna be a, there's gonna have to be a lot of monitoring for this um and that's really the only kind of downside that i could see and it's it's a major one for sure mm-hmm. um but i i'm a fan of making the state decision and for the general legalization of it just because of the like i said there's going to be a, a increased um interest in some um some areas in the sports world um and just the taxes too and the economic benefits of it in, in california there's going to be if it's legalized and which it probably will be i think they already have the bill set up and ready to be voted on for the primary elections this year um it's going to be an economic boost for the for the state and just because sports gambling is under the table and so uh, has been under the table and so now that it's going to be legalized the state will be able to tax it um the, the revenues made from it for um the, the like the bookies basically not they're not going to be bookies they're going to be like entities that are taking bets mm-hmm. um and it's just going to be a lot more ma- maintained and regulated and it's all good for that yeah. sense especially for the fans like everyone wants to see a yeah game. exactly and so and even like the degenerates that have been gambling for decades and such it's gonna be better for them and safer for them because i mean you hear stories about guys like who will place a bet and they'll get screwed out of their money like that i've heard stories about like how i was listening to the bill simmons podcast the story was so funny he goes he he didn't want to say that the the people or like the uh the group that he placed the bet with but he said that they were looking at this line um i think it was the basketball game and he said the line was plus nine for the wrong team. So he they they the the company put the line down wrong when they when they posted it, and it was plus nine for the favorite instead of minus nine. Mm-hmm. And they noticed it early. Him and his friend uh, Sal, his, he calls him his cousin Sal. He brings him on his podcast a lot. And he so he placed the bet on the favorite at plus nine, and the company realized the mistake after they put the bet down. And they switched it back to plus nine for the underdog and minus nine for the favorite. And so they hedged their bet and they bet again on the plus nine for the underdog. So they had plus nine spreads on both the favorite and the underdog. So okay. So yeah, yeah. so so when the line adjusted, they were able to place another bet at the plus nine. So it's super smart on their part. Yeah. And then when the they lost the the underdog lost the the plus nine bet. So they lost the underdog bet and then. When they were gonna collect their money for the plus nine on the mistaken line, uh-huh. um, they the company didn't didn't pay them the the money because it was a mistake. because it was a mistake yeah. and they lost their money on that bet. Oh man! So, so it was so that was so bad. I was like, and you can't regulate it because there's no there's no entity that's that's forcing them to 
adhere to any sort of standards or reg- or laws or regulations or anything. So yeah. it's going to just be a lot more organized, a lot more structured, and, and it's just going to be better for people that are involved in that kind of area of mm-hmm. sports. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out and how it affects sports and, and um, such like that. But, I mean, I'm a fan of it just because I, I think it increases interest and um, buzz around the sports world in general. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, Mikey, uh, you you, uh, you enjoy your uh, your time here on Vicious Talk? I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say to all the LA fans out there, don't give up. Don't give up hope. Just gotta believe. Yeah. Right. It's they're gonna turn it around. So. Those Dodger fans. Yeah. Those those Dodger fans. The ones that get down real fast. Yes. The ones that jump off that bandwagon at the blink of an eye. Blink yes. Of an eye. That's uh, as soon as things get. I don't bad. want to throw names, but that's definitely my mom. <laughs> She like you if, they're, if, they're, if they're doing bad, if they're doing really bad, she'll just jump right off and say, "Oh, like I, I like the Red Sox now." It's like, yeah. oh my gosh! And then they start doing good, and I'll, I'll tell her, "Like, what did I say?" She'll, she'll just join. How about last year when they what they lo- what did they lose no, like she 14, was giving up. 15 in she a row? She was giving up. She was giving up. And I was like, "They're they're gonna make the World Series." So watch. Yeah. So, don't jump off the bandwagon too quick. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, you heard it here. Yeah. The Dodgers, they uh, they still have a chance. Yep, they sure do. But I don't think they do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Dodgers are a decent team. They're they're in all likelihood gonna be in the top two of the NL West. They're probably, I mean, at the very least, probably gonna come in second. Um, I don't know exactly, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. You want you got anything you want to plug? Any social media or anything you like to uh, advertise uh, or nothing? Anything follow- you got going on? You got a project you'd like to talk about? <laughs> nothing. 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 Um. You want people to follow you on Instagram? Yeah, Snapchat, uh, Michael Vermilia. That's, I yeah. mean. M-I-C-H-A-E-L. V-E-R-M-I-L-Y-E. Yeah. Yeah. So just plug that in and you'll get some <laughs> sweet snaps. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Mikey Vermilia, thanks for coming on, buddy. Always welcome here on Vicious Talk with Benny yeah, P. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. So that's going to be a wrap for episode 31 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Thanks to my cousin Mikey Vermilia for joining me on this podcast. It's always fun to catch up with family and uh, good friends like my cousin Mikey. I hope you enjoyed our episode and continue to listen to Vicious Talk with Benny P. here on SoundCloud.com slash Vicious Talk or on Apple Podcasts. So now everybody just go out, have a great day, and always remember to be vicious.